Hello and welcome to the Irish Spark podcast. Today we interview the General Secretary of the Connolly Youth Movement, Alex Hometz. The Connolly Youth Movement is Ireland's most active and fastest growing youth organisation, attracting many young people with their unique flavour of political activism. Large numbers of people are turning away from politics every year across Ireland. However, the CYM seems to be inspiring many to get involved and work towards the ideals of James Connolly. We hope you stick around and enjoy the show. Okay, good morning Alex, good to talk to you. Can you just introduce yourself first of all? How are you James? My name is Alex, I've been a member of the Communist Party and the Connolly Youth Movement since 2014. Last year at the Congress I was elected General Secretary and that's essentially what my role is in the Connolly Youth Movement. Okay, can you just give the listener a bit of a history on the CYM, the Connolly Youth Movement? So it's Ireland's oldest youth organisation actually, which is something that people often forget because of the lull in activity that it had from 1991 to about 2012. But the Connolly Youth Movement was formed as a merger between the Young Communist League of Northern Ireland and a fledgling youth organisation in the South in 1970. And a lot of its activism was built off of the Northern Ireland Civil Rights Association. So the first General Secretary, for example, was Madge Davison who was from a loyalist area but very much involved in the Civil Rights Association. And then from 70 to 91, it operated as, say, the de facto wing of the Communist Party of Ireland. But unfortunately, when we had the counter-revolution and the dissolution of socialism in Eastern Europe, the idea that socialism lost very much was pervasive in Western society. So the Connolly Youth took a hit in Ireland as much as that, and unfortunately had a very long lull in activity. There are many youth organisations in Ireland. What makes the CYM different to all of those? This is a question we're all often asked, and there's a number of answers to this. But first and foremost, it's worth noting that Ireland has unique conditions in free state history, essentially. So since 1922, as an example, most people would have voted for Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. And the reason this is relevant is because voting in Ireland, at least up until 2011, happened in a very parochial, in a very parish, in a very familial orientated fashion. So if your family voted for Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael, the chances were was that the children of the family and the grandchildren and so on would probably vote in the same way. And what's happened since 2011 is, is that that doesn't happen anymore. And this raises the curious question as to, well, what happens to young people that choose to become political? Now, there's a number of avenues that they still take. But what we see from the perspective of the Connolly Youth Movement is that all the other youth political organisations, without exception, seem to place young people in the same way that the traditional establishment parties did. So young people are still performing the functions that they do in the establishment parties. They're still used like for canvassing or for the electioneering of people trying to get elected seats. And part of the reason why the Connolly Youth Movement is unique to this is because we're not wedded to the idea of utilising young people's energies to become political assistants or to become canvas monkeys, essentially, as we call them, which can be interpreted as a condescending thing. But in my view, it is a condescending thing. It takes away the agency from young people to actually change their life and change the conditions that they live in. So the Connolly Youth Movement is distinct in this nature, is that we try to approach politics with the view of actually empowering young people 
in the most acute kind of and difficult circumstances that they face, which also happen to be the issues that other working class people face that aren't in the age bracket of the Connolly Youth Movement. So precarious work and precarious housing. So why is the Connolly Youth Movement different? We have no ties to traditional approaches to politics and we try to make unconventional, unorthodox and distinct approaches to how we engage young people in their political reality, which is austerity, poverty, and as I mentioned, precarious pay and precarious living. The CYM has had recent popularity and growth. Can you talk a little bit about why that has happened? Sure. Um, It kind of goes back to what I was just saying there, is that one of the first things that you can count as part of the CYM's revival as such came about in 2014, 2015, in the campaign called Work Must Pay. And the campaign essentially took the battle to employers that utilised a scam called JobBridge, which predominantly targeted young people. Today, the scam is known as JobPath, by the way, and it still very much exists. So part of what the Connolly Youth Movement did made it stand out because no other youth organisation was doing that. But we've kind of built on that and we've developed it into a general approach as a youth movement. It's not just about those kind of sporadic protests we used to have. It's a general approach as to how the Connolly Youth Movement kind of deals with capitalist society in Ireland, essentially. There's a few kind of key things that particularly stand out that popularise the Connolly Youth Movement, at least on the Irish left or on social media. So one of the biggest things we noted when we were looking at the statistics and how many people engage with the page and how many people engage with the movement was our interaction with Simon Coveney. So before before the video went up on the Connolly Youth Movement page, I think a lot less people knew about the organisation, but after it went up, the amount of feedback and the amount of reach that the organisation reached was significantly larger, to say the least. And I think that's partly because what occurred in the video, so the minister was uh, insulted and challenged about his reputation and record as a housing minister. And I think the reason the video performed well, and as a result, the Connolly Youth Movement was able to pick up traction over it, is quite straightforward, is that we spoke what was on the mind of, I would say, quite a lot of the working population. Another thing that blew up our presence was a very well distributed Morning Star article on Connolly Barracks that, statistically speaking, had the second highest reach after the Simon Coveney video. And that not only went national, it also went international. And it kind of reminded quite a lot of people, both on the left and in general, that the Connolly Youth Movement has, for example, been occupying this house and it's not getting the coverage it deserves. And this is part of our strategy of challenging the housing crisis and challenging the idea that private property is more important than the right to housing. So can you talk a little bit about Connolly Barracks and what it is, what have you done, and the impact that has had on the local community? Connolly Barracks was a project inspired by Apollo House. So when Apollo House was happening in Dublin, a bunch of us, including the Connolly Youth in Cork, community activists, homeless groups, gathered week in, week out, planning to seize our own building. And we actually had a building in mind. Today, that building is a family hub to house homeless people or homeless families, which is quite horrific because that's uh, simply a kind of plaster on the problem. But nevertheless, that was the building we chose. Connolly Barracks was a building we identified to be eight years uninhabited and derelict and idle. The landlord was not looking after it and there was clear signs of neglect. So we decided that as part of our political view that the Connolly youth should kind of set 
the trend, say, for youth politics, we decided we would occupy the building. We would make an example of what we wanted it to be, but we would also make it an example of the type of socialism that we were preaching, essentially, and attempting to live what we preach. So Connolly Barracks was a building, an 18th century building standing in Cork city centre, eight years idle, I think after the floods in 2009 that hit Cork. The neighbours confirmed this on either side of the building, that it was idle, that the landlord had neglected it. There was a burnt out tent in front. I believe a homeless person had burnt it out at some stage in the last kind of two years. And what we did was we moved in and we cleaned it from the bottom floor to the top floor. We scrubbed it. We cleaned the mould. We cleaned the dead woodlouse. We got rid of the old furniture. Well, we've stored it. We brought it into shape that to this day kind of amuses us in some way because when we have students for example visiting or coming over to chat they say that their student accommodation is in worse condition than Conley Barracks and Conley Barracks doesn't even have electricity so it's quite laughable really that the the kind of the standard of accommodation provided for students for young people and for working people is often lower than this building that we've occupied. Another aspect to Conley Barracks is squatting and squatting culture in Ireland We've noticed that squats and the word squat carries interesting connotations. So when I say the word squat, for example, what do you think, James? Like, what words spring to mind? Vagrants, homeless people, you know, the negative stigmas naturally associated with those. Exactly. And that's what we sought to change. So part of our project wasn't just about kind of occupation. It was about changing how people see squats and occupation so that when we say we're going to occupy a building or we're going to squat a building they don't think oh it's going to become a place of neglect it's going to become a place of antisocial behavior it's going to become a place of kind of unruliness or whatever in fact it's going to become a place that anybody can call home a place that's got a degree of standard of living a place that's safe and a place that isn't intrusive to the neighbors or to the community living around it. So that's kind of one big aspect. And I think to some degree we've succeeded because we've had people from different political orientations in Ireland who've also participated in squats. And as they have all said, this is the cleanest squat I've been in. And I think that kind of speaks for itself. The third facet is the literal social ownership of capital. So when we talk about alienation in capitalist society, people don't care about the home they live in when they're renting because they're never going to own it and they know they're never going to own it so there's no incentive to actually care for it in a more meaningful way but what we found is and we often have this discussion when we have house meetings and i'll speak about that a bit later but people feel a bigger emotional attachment to Connolly barracks who live there than they do to their family home or to places they've rented and to me that's a fascinating phenomenon that's definitely interlinked with the fact that they have no landlord that will come and kick them out tomorrow or raise the rent or tell them how to live and the control that they have over their lives, which ironically is in a very precarious situation where we can be kicked out at any time, is greater than they've ever had before. And I, I think that's something further worth almost studying in of itself, is that the investment, the emotional and the investment that they have and the democratic kind of mandate that they have over the place they live in has created this relationship that's distinctly unique. Like for me, it's the same thing. I don't feel at home anywhere other than Connolly Barracks, which kind of baffles me in some ways because I know that if a court order arrives tomorrow, that's kind of the end of it. And I suppose the third thing is, is that we sought to create a space that we would engage with as we'd like to see society run as. So to kind of explain that, the Connolly Youth Movement operates 
on the idea of democratic centralism, so unity of thought, unity of action, that everybody can have input into the decision-making process, and that at the end of the day, everybody is heard, and that when we collectively come to the decision that we do make, that we all carry it out. And this kind of goes for the house as well, is that we have house meetings, we allocate roles, we clean together, we cook together, and we ultimately make decisions that impact all of us. And even if there's a dissenting minority, we do expect that decision to be carried. And I think that's distinctly unique as to how other squats in Ireland are run, as you mentioned, kind of the term vagrancy, but there's also lawlessness because often the view is taken that a squat should be anti-capitalist and it can be, but sometimes anti-capitalist means to live in total opposite to capitalism, which is not necessarily what we're talking about. In our view, kind of young communists can also be clean, organized, disciplined and hygienic, whereas these things don't seem to be as necessary for others in the squatting kind of community. Have you had trouble from the landlord or the police in the past? One of our first interactions came, so we moved in and kind of were there, but we never announced it in August 2017. And one of our first interactions came in October 2017, when the alleged landlord arrived with kind of one of his henchmen by the looks of things and they cracked open the door i'm not sure how to this day and informed the person sleeping there so i wasn't physically there when this happened that he had to leave the comrade in question gave me a phone call i returned i promptly shut the door on the landlord and his henchman and they called the guards while the guards were on their way we gathered about 20 to 25 people comprising Connolly youth movement members ogres and fail members and labor youth members and then miscellaneous, because we were putting it, the word out essentially in Cork and among housing circles that this was happening, we needed kind of support, so on and so forth. To cut kind of a very long story short, which was a three hour rigmarole with two detectives from the Bridewell Garda station, they essentially informed us of our rights after realizing that we were squatting or in legal terms, engaging in adverse possession and they left. And this is quite interesting because it kind of shows you how the justice system operates and on behalf of whom. So in the summer of 2018, last year, we occupied two more buildings and they turned out to be owned by AIB Bank. And when the guards were called, they promptly had reinforcements from the special branch, the armed response unit, other criminal detectives, paddy wagon. So essentially, because the alleged landlord in the first case was not important enough the guards didn't bother, whereas in the second case, it was a bank, quite a large financial institution. The people behind the bank probably knew the local kind of superintendent or whatever. The response was rapid, immediate and quite aggressive. So it's interesting to contrast the two. But that's actually the only trouble we've had with Connolly Barracks in of itself. We've been left alone for the most part. In January, we heard down the grapevine that the alleged owner was looking for a solicitor to take up the case. But nothing has transpired. And the kind of question remains is that, why has nothing happened? Our speculation is, is that the alleged landlord doesn't have the deeds and without the deeds, he can't acquire a court order. And if he can't acquire a court order, then it looks like Connolly Barracks will continue to fly the red flag for a while. Okay. So why do you think young people are becoming more radical nowadays and joining Connolly youth movements and other youth movements in general? Mass disenfranchisement with society is essentially what it boils down to. But I think in contrast to previous decades, so when the Connolly Youth Movement existed in 1970 or 1980 or 1990, there were certain characteristics in Irish society that made it impossible for young communist organization to bloom. 
One of these was, of course, the systematic way in which the Catholic Church condemned communism, you'll burn in hell, sinful, etc., etc. But I think today the Catholic Church, racked by scandal after scandal, particularly to child abuse and sexual abuse, doesn't have the influence it did over young people anymore. And young people are free to make up their own minds without being pressured by an outside force like that. Now, of course, there are other obstacles, such as the education system, as well as narrow-minded familial approach. So, for example, what we found in the North specifically is that if you come from a certain background, you gain most of your politics from your family. So if you're from East Belfast, your family kind of tells you that this is how it is, or if you're from West Belfast. However, what has become interesting is that people now look to the internet for their politics, and they develop their politics on the basis of what they see kind of floating around. And because they have virtually unlimited access, they're free to draw their own conclusions. Finally, I think most importantly, is that we have one of the worst austerity regimes enacted on us as a collective population ever. And what's happened is, is that everybody knows somebody who's migrated, everybody knows somebody who's taken their own life, for example, or knew them. Everybody knows somebody that's in precarious work. Everybody knows somebody that's living on a couch or sleeping on a floor or can't afford to pay their rent. And what this has done is it's made an entire generation and the generation after. So for example, I'm 25, but there's already kind of people the age of 15 and 16 reaching out to the Connell Youth Movement. They're literally the children of austerity. They grew up in the last 10 years. So they had it, I would argue, even worse than people my age in the last 10 years did. And all it suggests to me is that young people are so pissed off with the state of things in Ireland that they're left with no option but to become radical. So in that respect, we have to take our hat off to Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil and the Labour Party because in many ways they've created the next generation of revolutionaries that are going to change Ireland because they can no longer stomach the way they're treated. And I think this feeds back to into an earlier point as to how I was explaining the Connolly Youth Movement to be. There's another dimension to this is that young people can see that all the major parties that participate very aggressively and invest a lot of time in electoral politics, they can see that this is a cul-de-sac and dead end. For 10 years, we've had various elected officials talking about socialism, but wealth inequality continues to skyrocket unabated. So the question for young people is, what can I do about it? And I think one of the answers that some people are finding is that I can join the Connolly Youth Movement and through the Connolly Youth Movement, obtain a political understanding of society and then go and do something about it. Be that through the trade union movement, be that through occupations or be that through tenant associations. How important are trade unions to the CYM and do you encourage members to join? It's an interesting discussion because in the past, a lot of people came to the Connolly Youth Movement from the trade union movement. But what we found is because the trade union movement has declined consistently for the last 30 years, essentially, is that most young people are not in trade unions. The Connolly Youth Movement has come to the conclusion, essentially, is that without a strong, organised working class, without organised workplaces, there can be no fundamental shift towards a better Ireland. So it's an understatement to say that trade unions are important for the Connolly Youth Movement, as so much to say that trade union organising and explaining to our membership and encouraging our membership to join trade unions forms a fundamental pillar of the politics of the Connolly Youth Movement. And I think it's worth remembering as well is that Connolly's politics were essentially just that, is that before the 1916 Rising happened, and even the key components of the 1916 Rising all stemmed from the strong and organised working class. And the reason it was strong and organised was because it was in a trade union. And for example, to extend on that point, the Irish Citizens Army, arguably the most militant and class conscious element of the 1916 Rising, 
came almost exclusively from the trade union movement. I read an article recently about LGBTQ on the CYM website. This topic has been slowly gaining popularity and support from the general public. What are your views on that topic? I think the approach the Connolly Youth Movement has slowly come to take is an approach similar to what revolutionaries in the past have taken. And one of the people we look to inspiration for is Alexandra Kollontai. So Alexandra Kollontai placed a great amount of effort into going from factory to factory, workplace to workplace, to explain to working women that the feminism that was preached to them by a section of wealthy women was not the feminism that they needed. And this is the exact same approach that the CYM takes to LGBTQ issues, is that the emancipation that liberal thinkers in this field preach about is not the emancipation of the majority of LGBTQ people, is that ultimately their issues must be interwoven into class issues. And the only way that they will, they as a community, will not face the same repression that they face is through the unification of their struggle with a struggle for the emancipation of the broader working population. But it goes in both ways, so we can't simply expect that of them. We also have to reach out the hand, and I think the left in some ways has failed to do that, both in Ireland and the West in general, predominantly because of outdated Catholic views, because of outdated views on gender, because of outdated views on how sexuality operates and that's something that's quite a large challenge because of the kind of discourse around it. The majority of the discourse comes from a liberal perspective or a conservative perspective and leftists often fail to nuance the point. Instead they take one or the other so they get caught in a sort of box essentially and try to argue inside that box. The Connolly Youth Movement has taken the view essentially is that the word intersectional needs to mean what it meant in the 1970s and that's a horizontal kind of approach based on class issues. And I think one of the movies we've been screening, for example, has been Pride in order to hammer home that point is that the LGBT community in the UK found a huge ally in the minors after assisting them arranging a reciprocal kind of solidarity. And I think that's the approach we need to take as well, because we see at Pride events that multinational companies sponsor them. And this this is laughable, but unfortunately, quite acceptable, I think, to mainstream discourse on LGBT issues. It's seen as a positive thing or exploitative businesses flying the rainbow flag as some sort of fox act of solidarity. That's the sort of thing we need to challenge because at the end of the day, speaking from experience, people from the LGBTQ community are disproportionately homeless and disproportionately discriminated against. So their interest is the class interest and the class interest is their interest, I think. I follow the social media on Facebook and Instagram of the CYM and I find it very good actually. The use of memes in particular is excellent in my opinion. Can you talk about how that level of engagement really captures the, the young minds? Yeah, it's kind of amusing and sad at the same time that people don't resort to kind of reading a long text to be politically educated anymore. And it was something that I think myself and I think members of other members of the Connolly Youth and members of the Communist Party kind of had a trouble almost coming to terms with because we didn't at first realize the power essentially of images that had very limited amount of text in it and how much they actually helped people develop their politics. So we've had a lot of people come quite a long way from looking at a picture like of SpongeBob or Simpsons with a caption on it to actually going and reading Connolly, Marx, Engels, <laughs> Lenin. So, the, And this is quite fascinating. Like It's a social phenomenon, I think, that's 
only being tapped into now more than ever before and the only reason I think the Connell Youth Movement is good at it is because we've taken an influx of membership that have come through it and understand how it functions and as a result are able to reproduce it on behalf of the Connell Youth Movement. I think that's that's all it boils down to really. Okay, thanks Alex. Thanks for your time here. Got a lot of great information. Hopefully young people listening to this will go on and have a look on the CYM website. What's the website again? You can find us on CYM.ie, quite straightforward. And you're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, We're on everything. You can find us on everything. Good stuff. Cheers, Alex. Thanks, Thank, James. Thank you for listening to the Irish Spark podcast. If you like the show, please give us a review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening from. It really helps us out and helps the show to reach more people. If you'd like to get in touch, please send us an email at theirishspark at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. The details are in the description. We hope to see you again in a couple of weeks for our next episode. Take care.